Welcome to FileMaker Off the Record. You're listening to Thomas and Teresa of Profile Developers, discussing all things FileMaker for developers and power users. Welcome to episode 10. 10 episodes. Woohoo! All right. <laughs> I read something on the internet. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's true. <laughs> right. And it said that a high percentage of podcasts stop producing after around the seventh episode. Oh. And we've made it to 10. Yeah, so we must be doing something right. That's, I'm going to go with that. So, hey. All right. Yay, us. So, tonight, we are going to talk about blueprinting as well as wireframing. So, we include discovery uh, and wireframing is part of comes after the discovery. Why don't you describe what blueprinting is or wireframing for us? So uh, the act of blueprinting a project uh, would be where the client has approached you and you are coming in to talk about the proposed solution and get some details uh, so that you can come up with a scope of work and an estimate. So the discovery piece of the process is uh, interviewing with uh, various employees of the company, talking to different people in all of the major departments, and getting as much detail as possible about all of the processes that have to be included in the solution. Now, blueprinting that is after discovery. You can go to your drawing board literally, and draw pictures uh, of the interfaces that you will use in the solution. So try to visualize the processes that were explained to you. And what can be done as part of that is a process known as paper prototyping. Right. If you haven't heard of paper prototyping, that's a process of sitting with the users with basically the UI sketched out on paper, very rough, mm -hmm. not a lot of detail. You're not putting shading on the buttons and you're not right. using color. And you're, you know, it's, it's just, here's the outline. This is the map will be here mm -hmm. and the address will be here. Right. And, and this is typically done in, uh, like you said, no color, no um, graphic details because the goal is to allow the users to think about all of the possibilities and all of their needs. If you come to a client and you have already pre-built part of the solution and it's using their logo colors and it's got some pizzazz uh, and it looks like almost a finished product, then the clients are afraid to request something that they don't see or they, they just hesitate. Um, and in some cases, they aren't happy because they think you've done a ton of work and that's not what they asked for. You aren't ready yet. So the more basic and plain the paper prototype is, the better feedback you'll get for functionality and possibilities. Yeah, generally the more the more willing the the users who you're talking to 
are are willing to say no not like this like this or i i really saw it like this mm-hmm. if they're depending on the structure of the company workers might be hesitant to make changes because they know their managers are behind some of this mm-hmm. and they don't they don't want to run into any kind of an issue but whenever you come with piece of graph paper that's got a thick marker that's got some drawings on it and they say oh no not this this and you can whip up a new one in front of them yeah they're they're a little less hesitant to right. ask for change right they're more so at you, ease yeah you get something a little bit more accurate and mm-hmm. then part again part of pr- paper prototyping would be showing functionality mm-hmm. so you show them the interface and say you know if you were doing your job your process, and this is what the screen was, what do you think you would do next? And you've got to sit and wait and be quiet and let them make a decision. Uh, Well, I would click this button, what happens? And maybe if a dialogue comes up, you get a three by five card and you draw the dot, you draw the dialogue, move on to the next step. Okay, cancel, you know, whatever the option, throw that down and see what button they hit. And Mm -hmm. then Throw another one down on top of that, you know, right. and you can you can walk through the process like that, and you can right. get an awful lot of feedback very quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's paper prototyping, which is can be part of the whole blueprinting process. Right. There are some good books on paper prototyping. Um, there's one called Paper Prototyping by Carolyn Snyder, mm-hmm. and Sketching User Experiences by Bill Buxton. I've read. Parts of both. Okay. <laughs> and uh, there's there's good information in both of them. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in that and you don't know a lot about it, that's a good place to start, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get a grasp of the concept. Right. So beyond paper prototyping, because I know myself, I'm a little too impatient and uh, I don't like the idea of redrawing something over and over and over again. I am much more of a digital gal in terms of generating images. So I prefer to use a program to do, uh, to create the wireframing and sketch out digitally this uh, prototyping of a solution. And there's a number of tools that a lot of FileMaker developers use. Mm -hmm. What some FileMaker developers use FileMaker as their prototyping tool. Right. But the, the biggest danger of that is that, you know, we all love FileMaker and we start developing and you don't want to be developing yet. You can get stuck going too far down the wrong road if you make assumptions in terms of structure and fields and layouts. You can put in a ton of work that ends up having to get scrapped. And the same with uh, writing. Like there's a general opinion about writing. Uh, So, you know, so you have a character and a story and you really, really, really love that character, but they're not right (laughs) for that story. (laughs) And they're taking over and they're ruining all the scenes and they're just making a big mess. You need to cut them. You can save them for something else. And so sometimes when you're developing, you create this great layout that you fall in love with or you do something really neat with a graphic and then you take it back to get feedback and someone says yeah no that's not what i want i just need a i just want text buttons i don't want these shaded things and um you have to let go of something that you spent a lot of time working on so if you start if you do your prototyping in filemaker you run the risk 
of going too far in the sketching process and creating erroneous fields and things that you may not to be you may not you might think you're saving time but you may have to throw out more than you use and may scrap the entire thing and have to start from scratch another product that people will use is keynote or okay. maybe um powerpoint i'm coming from the mac world so i generally think keynote rather sure. than that. and the google version google slides mm-hmm. and any of those you can use mm-hmm. and with Keynote, I know that there's actually some templates that are available that are designed specifically for that, designed specifically for wireframing. There are wireframing oh. templates for Keynote. Is that because they use some design patterns for navigation or menu locations? They'll have, things like yeah, that? there's stuff like that in there. And that's not a bad one, bad way to do it. And, you know, Keynote and, you know, those, those types of programs have the advantage of being able to control navigation a bit mm-hmm. through the interface, which which helps you walk a client through right. what's happening on screen. OmniGraffle uh, by the Omni Group. Then there's Balsamic. Well, there's 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 a bunch of others. Right. There's a <laughs> lot. We, you know, if you do a Google search uh, for wireframing tools. Yeah, I think we searched wireframing. Yeah, they uh, we found a, a site that listed a, t- a top 10 list of... Uh, different applications to use for wireframing. And on that list, there's uh, products like Adobe XD, UXPIN, Fluid UI, uh, Balsamic. Vizio. Yeah, Vizio, InDesign. InDesign. So so, so some uh, more purely visual applications. mm -hmm. You know, while it's nice to be able to create the graphical versions of these interfaces... The very nice thing is the ability to create that interactivity. So, and that's uh, Balsamic, which is what we use for our wireframing, is, was number five on that list. Uh, and it's a great tool for creating quick versions of interfaces. You can uh, clone and make copies of interfaces so that you can make a variety of different iterations of a particular layout. Um, and another another important thing that happens with fi- wireframing and that you should do very much on purpose in the wireframing process is play with different layout designs. Uh, it's very tempting to, you know, we all start development of our layouts or the, the design of a solution with an idea. There's an image in our heads of what the main menu will look like, uh, what this particular detail screen might look like. And then when we start putting fields onto that screen, usually what happens is that uh, immediately there's too much information. And you say, okay, well, how can I change this? How can I reduce the amount of information on the screen without reducing the amount of information on the screen. (laughs) Thinking about the most important pieces of information, reducing the visible editable fields, it sounds like and feels like you're working in FileMaker and working on your final development, but you you really are fleshing out these design concepts. So one of your goals while wireframing these layouts 
should be to have two or three different versions of uh, of any particular screen. That's one of the things that we do sometimes. We'll say, okay, you know, I'm going to work on this detail. And you know, Thomas will say, I, I want to see three versions of it when we talk about it later. You know, so that gives me a challenge to push myself to be more creative and come up with more options. And it works to put that little bit of pressure on yourself to come up with multiple versions. At one of the dev cons, one of the speakers was talking about the way his company does it. And I believe they force themselves to come up with five versions mm -hmm. of the interfaces that they do. Because, you know, you can come up with one. Coming up with two is easy, too. Yeah. Three, you really start to struggle. Four, good Lord. Right. What, you know, it's... It's uh, it's, a, it's a big push. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a good challenge. Good it's, practice because maybe, you know, that pushing yourself that hard is what will bring you to potentially a, a, the right solution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what you come up with something uh, well so when you have these multiple versions uh you need to then pick one or two that are the best in terms of how it serves the client and then take those with you uh when you approach them for feedback uh you do not want to show up with five because they are not interested in picking the uh, the design, you know, that's that's what they're hiring you for is to help them, to uh, guide them with the solution. If you have a client who has a strong idea for their interface, they will have something to give to you or they will respond to your wireframe with one of their own. Um, we've had clients where, you know, we have shown them our wireframes and then they will say to us in a meeting later on, oh, hey, here, we drew up a version of what we want this report to look like, or we created one in Word. Uh, this is what I want my report to look like. Yeah, it's common for this to, for customers to mock up reports mm -hmm. and give you a very clear idea of what it is they're looking for. And that, that works out well. It's a little less common for them to mock up interface but that happens too. We had a client when we first started with them, you know, we talked to them a little bit and they mm -hmm. said, oh, come on, Don, we want to discuss. Uh, they have uh, actually multiple, multiple projects lined up. Right. They And at that time, they were shopping for a platform to build some specific solutions. So they had been planning for the solutions for a time but they had not settled on what platform they wanted to deploy them on. And so they were interested in FileMaker as a platform. FileMaker was one of about a half dozen platforms mm -hmm. they were looking at. And because, and this is a, is a you know decently large company with IT department. And when we went to the meeting, they said, oh, here are the wireframes. Right. They're, these are done. We went over these a dozen times with our people, and mm -hmm. this is the this is the product. Now that they didn't give us anything for the structure. Right. They didn't have a pre-existing data model or pre-existing schema that they wanted us to use uh, because this product had not this program 
had not existed, they were coming from multiple spreadsheets. Uh, they have... And, and paper. There's right. a company that's been around for 100 years. Right. So, so printed paper forms, spreadsheets. So some, some locations used spreadsheets. Other locations used a different kind of spreadsheets. <laughs> and other locations just used paper. So there, But there was no SQL structure somewhere else that needed to be recreated or mirrored in FileMaker. So we had license to, to yeah. interpret and create right. the structure and schema. Some of the big benefits for using a formal wireframing program like Balsamic is the use of symbols. Yeah, Balsamic has symbols. So, well, you, you go ahead and explain what symbols are. So, FileMaker doesn't use symbols, which is unfortunate. Wouldn't it be nice? It would be very nice. Uh, symbols are objects, yes. Yeah. So, a symbol is an object that kind of contains different objects. <laughs> so, for example, you could create a symbol of a navigation pane in your balsamic project. And in that navigation pane, you put all of your buttons that you need uh, and you save that as a symbol. And on each of your, the different pages of your wireframe, you have your navigation symbol. You go to your client, you talk to them, and they say, oh, we need another button. There's another section that should be accessible from here. In Balsamic, you can go and update the symbol, and it updates everywhere in the project. It gives you that flexibility so you can make a change in one place and it cascades, uh, you know, or it just shows elsewhere in the program. So it's very nice. It would be really nice if FileMaker... <laughs> allowed you to use symbols and save them. Like the only, the closest thing that we, that we have to um, symbols in FileMaker would be the use of global objects for navigation buttons, something along those lines. So if you have a button bar that uses double dollar global with repetitions to, to populate itself, or if you had a portal with, you know, if your menu navigation was literally, feel, you know, uh, records, in a navigation table, and then you had portals to those buttons. That's similar, right? You're not but it's changing, not the same thing. Yeah, you're not changing the object. You're you're changing the values that are used in the object. Right. Changing those variables or changing those globals. Mm -hmm. So you get roughly the same effect. Not quite, but right. but roughly. And then you mix that with themes. You know, yeah, you're getting close. You're getting very close. But it, you know, if you had the ability to save a symbol and update it because even if you did say you had a button bar and it has 10 buttons on it and then you need 12 unless you pre-built your button bar to have 15 <laughs> and to hide the, you know hide the last uh or hide any of them unless they were populated you have to go throughout your entire solution and update all of your navigation button bars but that that's one of those little learning you know uh growing pains or it's a good tip yeah. yeah. Well, that and that's another thing that I think uh, as you develop in FileMaker and as you get more experienced and better at designing interfaces, you pre-build, a better way to say it is you future-proof some of your interface because you think to yourself, 
is what if somebody adds another button? What if somebody wants to add some, you know, something else here? I need to have room. I have room for 12. I should really make room for 15 just in case. Because you always have to leave a little bit of room for growth. So blueprinting starts with interviews, mm -hmm. then goes on to maybe paper prototyping, mm -hmm. and then wireframing. Then I guess the step after wireframing would be like would, the would be alpha version, or, or just the, not even the alpha. Well, your, yeah, because the wireframe. Your so, FileMaker prototype, your first foray into FileMaker. Yeah. If I'm going to wireframe the entire solution, and this all depends on how big the project is, usually we work with sections at a time. Uh, we might have a navigation wireframe and then uh, particular details. Sometimes in a solution, the different pieces have wildly different information, a customer profile in a CRM style solution has a vastly different look than some of the uh, financial layouts and interfaces. In the Balsamic project, I may create a mock-up for each interface that I expect to create, uh, which means I won't miss anything, usually. Now, when you're going from the wireframe to FileMaker, you can literally go layout by layout. So this is, this is also assuming that uh, you've done all the schema work and the structure and as many basic relationships that you need in your interface file and you have all that set up. And which, which for us is part of the blueprint. The schema is, is also part of this, what we call a blueprint. Right. And so that, that data modeling piece is mixed in there because you can't start creating all of your interfaces in FileMaker without having tables and fields behind it. And then getting into the layouts, I can just start creating layouts based on all of those wireframe mockups. I might move them around in Balsamic. One of the really nice things about Balsamic is that uh, you can, if you create a drop-down menu, right? That's an object that you can place on a mockup in Balsamic. And you can type in all of the available options. On the mockup, the current mockup that you're looking at, you can pick what the active item is in that list. And it will shade differently, right? The other ones will be a light gray and the one that you're that, that is selected will be uh, white or blue. You can have a highlight color. That can be hyperlinked to the other pages. You could literally have each of the items in that drop-down list can be hyperlinked to another page. So you can literally create a interactive prototype version that's very easy for your clients to navigate. And uh, you can export your wireframes as a, an interactive PDF. So you can send that to your client and say, hey, click around, let me know if I'm on the right, uh, you know, going down the right path. You might give them a little bit of instruction to say, click on X button on this screen and that'll take you here to allow them to preview and maybe even go over with their staff the wireframes that you sent. And then when you come on site, everybody's at least seen it once and you can walk through it and get a lot of good information out of the whole team. 
Yeah, it's funny the things you run into because we had a client once, I don't know if you remember this, and we did a, a wireframe mm -hmm. and took it, took it out to meet with them um, after we had talked to them a couple times and thought we had kind of a grasp on what it was they were looking for. But this was early and I, you know, we went saying, we know some of this is not going to be right, but we're here to just walk through and whatever. And we went through the meeting and they were like, well, this is kind of what we were thinking, but not really, you know, and, but they weren't giving us anything solid on what we were doing wrong. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we were asking the right questions at the time. Okay. And a few days later, we, you know, we were going back and forth with emails. And the one thing the guy that we're dealing with said was, oh, well, you have this one part where there's a note because we had used, Balsamic has like sticky notes. Yeah, the mark in the markup tools, a in little the sticky. Yeah. yeah, so that you can put a note as to, you know, trying to explain what one piece or another is. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, focused on these like, oh, that's that, you know, that, that little note, that's what I was thinking. You know, like that looked really good because, you know, it had some color and nothing else has color. And, and, I, and we clearly did not do a good job of explaining to that customer that these are mock-ups although we use that term but right that maybe didn't mean the same thing to them right and i i think what they thought we were showing them were screenshots of the solution of what we had yeah because they and, hadn't ever he knew about i think i know which project you're talking about he knew about filemaker oh absolutely and they had filemaker yes but he didn't know how to develop in it right and he they would had just use it. Yeah, they had some stuff that was very, very plain and simple. Mm -hmm. And I think part of what they were thinking was that we were going to come back with the what would be more of a prototype, right? You know, something fleshed out with, uh, with like you said at the beginning, with the colors and the, mm -hmm. you know, and the style and all this stuff. And that was, you know, just something unexpected. Right. So it right. made us, you know, more aware for the next time that we would walk in and say. Hey, you know what these are? These are sketches. That's right. that's what these are. Right, right. So I think that's made it easier with some other clients. Mm -hmm. There's another one that was a little different where we came back with the wireframes and they, uh, the clients, on they were very impressed and very happy and very excited. And we that was we went and met with. Oh my God! What it, a dozen decent-sized companies. So. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, we met with at least fifteen individuals from different. We met, you know, right. one or two people from each department. Right. Came and talked to us about they had an existing solution mm -hmm. that the but management it, was frustrated with. They the management was like, oh, uh, we just we're not thrilled with it. But the right. users hated the right. current solution. Like, yeah. like they they hated it. Right, and they were in the type of industry where the choices of solution that that they had there just wasn't a lot out there so this was an off-the-shelf solution they were using and it didn't fit their particular process and that's why they were looking for custom yeah they had a they had a lot of this um the the users would say well whenever whenever an order gets to this point and I have to go in and change because whenever they create the order, things change. It's a, you know, there's, right. there's there's manufacturing involved, so mm -hmm. some things change. And say, okay, so if we change the material, then you know, on an item on an order that has a hundred items, mm -hmm. well, maybe twenty of them use this different material, which fits under the contract, but has to be changed. And so I have to open up five windows 
to change it on one and then close those five and then open them right. up again for the next item and close them and there's no other way to do it. Like, yeah, oh. they had that, that the program that they were using had a, a window management issue. Oh my, yeah. Because they multiple people told us how all these windows would open up and they just had to close everything before they could do anything. Yeah. And it just sounded pretty bad for their situation. Yeah, it it, it, it didn't stop it didn't their fit workflow. their workflow. Yeah. But yeah, we came back to them with wireframes. And uh, they were very happy about them and uh, gave us good feedback and uh, they understood what it was we were doing. And it allowed us to move on to the next phase of the process, which is coming up with the estimate. Because uh, at the, the, the whole point of doing a wireframe before the... I guess you could, well, you could do your wireframing anywhere. It has to be at the beginning, <laughs> obviously. But you may have already estimated, uh, defined a scope, and, you, you know, have uh, an agreement in place. We offer blueprinting uh, as a separate service, but what where we use blue, blueprinting and wireframing is as our phase one of a particular project. Uh, if somebody comes to us looking for custom software, we will quote them phase one as discovery, blueprinting and wireframing. And then phase two is quoted based on what comes out of phase one. Right. So, so phase one has a flat dollar amount because that's what we'll charge to come talk to everybody and then go back and create wireframes and then revisit the client for feedback than in, in the original estimate, because in phase two, that estimate, we won't know until we're done with the wireframes how much this is actually going to cost. Right. Blueprinting for us is just, it's a, it's a bigger process that includes interviews and discovery and wireframing and data modeling to an mm -hmm. extent, not, not in completely in depth right. but but listing an... entities and you know saying you might say this solution will track contacts contact information yeah. companies along vendors, along those lines like that. yeah like real general and maybe uh paper prototyping is part of that so use, there's, there's use a, case scenarios use case scenarios right there's a lot of stuff is built into that mm -hmm. that's what we wanted to talk about today and i think you talked about it and you too. Sure. <laughs> In the show notes, I'm going to put links to a couple of the books I mentioned and to maybe the, the website that we mentioned. Mm -hmm. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at offtherecord at profiledevelopers.com. The podcast episodes are also listed on profiledevelopers.com under the blog section. Mm -hmm. If anyone has any suggestions, let us know. If you uh, like what we're doing, let us know. Let us know. And more importantly, um, <laughs> go to we, iTunes and, mm -hmm, rate, and rate us. Give us a rave review. Yeah. <laughs> and as always, thanks for listening. We very much appreciate it. Yeah. And we will be back in, in a, a couple weeks. Couple weeks. <laughs> with another riveting topic. Fascinating episode. Yes. Of something. We don't know yet, but we're working on it. How's that for a teaser? Right, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, thanks. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.